Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now This is this is getting serious. I didn't think it was gonna get this serious, but here we go. Old Travis, he uh, he woke up in off the highway, and he woke up on the highway outside of Heber, Arizona. Heber, 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 Heber. All right, however they pronounce it down there, H E B E R, which is thirty miles west, southwest. Not quite, not so much south, but definitely west of Snowflake. Why is there a Snowflake, Arizona? I don't know. It's like <laughs> calling a fat guy tiny, you know? <laughs> exactly. Like, I ain't seen snow around here in 65 years. <laughs> Lil John from uh, Robin Hood. He was a big guy. Yeah. They just did it so, like, they would get all the skiers. They're like, damn it, there's too many people in Colorado. Let's go to Arizona <laughs> and Snowflake. Let's hit the slopes and Snowflake. But I don't think there's anything there. The hills, yeah, the hills were uh, the Sid Graves of the National Forest. That's it. But there's not even, yeah, you have to ski down some sand dunes. <laughs> so Tra- Travis, uh, he, suddenly he was aware that he was on a highway, and he looked up and he saw the ship close its doors and just fly into the darkness. Man, that's that's crazy, man. So how suddenly he's on this highway and he, it's all dark and then there's just floating lights. Zipping out into nowhere. Yeah, he said, he, I guess for a little bit, it just floated there, like above the road. Probably seeing if this, this thing could stand on its two feet. This bipedal thing. Like, shit, did we fix him good enough? We didn't, We couldn't even fix him because he just started <laughs> throwing shit at us. That sounded like an alien underwater. <laughs> <laughs> Under Earth water, it flew off and it was totally silent, flying off in the distance. And uh, he he got to his feet, and then he realized what was going on, and he he, he realized where he was, and he started. He was uh, I looked around and recognized the deserted stretch of curving road as the highway that wound down the canyon into Heber from the west. So he's on the west side of Heber, and he just started running down the highway, and he he went to the the newly built. Union 76 service station to get to a payphone. This is the 70s, folks. They were payphones. A what? <laughs> you had to do what? You had now? to put money in it, dial the number. You only got a certain amount of time. Get your point out quickly. If you dialed, if you made a collect call, if you just dialed the operator, what's an operator, you say? It's a zero for a reason. You hit that one a couple times, you'll end up getting somebody on the phone. That's a zero. For, that means operator. Or. Zero for operator. You could call collect like that uh, commercial, and Bob, we had a baby, it's a boy. (laughs) (laughs) She said, who was that, honey? Bob, they had a baby. It's a boy. (laughs) That was the best commercial (laughs) ever. It's Bob. We had a baby. It's a boy. (laughs) (laughs) But he, he, Travis does it. He's like, "Uh, (laughs) it's Travis. I got abducted by aliens. I'm not dead. What now? It's not Travis. What? You've been going for five days. And they're like, who was that? Travis, he got abducted. He's not dead. It's old Trav. <laughs> what? Where's he at? We're not going to prison? Hell yeah! <laughs> he caught his... Did he, so if he got a hold of his brother-in-law, uh, he ran down the highway, he put a, 
He didn't have a dime, so he, he just called the operator and called collect. Uh, he called a sister. She was the only nearby relative with a telephone. What? And this really? That's what it says. She was the only nearby relative with a telephone. I looked up. Where were they? They were south of Snowflake someplace. Taylor. That's what it was. Taylor, Arizona. They were. It was south of Snowflake. So they were. They were just a little further from the highway than everybody in Snowflake. His uh, brother-in-law Grant answered the phone. It was twelve oh five in the morning. Look, you got to put that phone on do not disturb. You can't do that with rotary. Leave it off the hook. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's just what you want to hear all night. <laughs> you know, I wonder if some of our listeners have no idea what the hell we were talking about. I think that's how they feel most episodes. <laughs> Not just a rotary phone or a payphone. Simulation theory? What are you guys talking about? Shadow people? I listened to another podcast the other day about simulation theory. I love it. I can't get enough of it. <laughs> Travis was messed up. As best as he can remember, he shouted something like, They brought me back. I'm out here in Heber. Please get me somebody. Somebody come get me. And, and Grant, his brother-in-law, Grant's like, Yeah. Whatever, dude. All right. Yeah. I think you have a number wrong, wrong number. Whatever. No, it's me, Travis. All right. Whatever, dude. Where are you? I'm at the Heber Exxon station. Yeah, all right. We'll, we'll be there. So, you know, it's been crazy these last however many days. Well, I mean, you got you, you got to think. They thought he was dead. They they all assumed he was right dead. Right. Because Travis has no idea at this point. He has no idea how much time has passed. It's it's only dark. It's dark outside. He's like 12.05. Okay, I've been gone for five hours. We left the woods at 6, 6.30, 7 o'clock. It's 12.05. How did he know it was 12.05? Uh, maybe Grant told him. I'm sure that was going to be the first thing Grant told him. Uh, listen here, dude. It's 12.05 in the morning. You better call me after the rooster crows. <laughs> but that's weird how he... How did he know it was 12.05? Maybe later on, Grant told him, because this, this is all part of the book. Later on, Grant was like, yeah, you call." it was like just after midnight. It was like 12.05 or something. Then uh, then Grant, he drove the three miles to from Taylor to Snowflake, which is Snowflake's just north of Taylor. And he found uh, Travis's brother, Dwayne, at, at their mom's house. And Dwayne's little, I'd say he's on par with Alan Dallas. He's one of those roughneck, roughneck boys. He likes to... Not necessarily get in trouble, but he starts it. Because later on, we'll find out that uh, Dwayne, Travis's brother, Dwayne, and he gets in. He's not happy about how the law handled some stuff. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know about that. No, you don't. I don't think. Well, I think it, I think it was uh, during during uh, Travis's absence. Travis was gone. I thought Dwayne. I thought Dwayne was pissed off at the, the guys. Or am I just taking that? I think I'm just getting that out of... You're pulling it from the movie? It's difficult because you, you do the research and then you watch a movie on it. And like, so then you're like, oh no, I remember this. Like, no, I do I remember from the research or do I remember from the movie? So then I, then you get all confused. <laughs> know, right? right? Now, I was pretty sure in the, the one podcast I listened to with Travis Walden, and I, I think the guy's name was uh, David... Charles or David James, something like that. That podcast, he was interviewing Travis Walton, and he was talking about his his brothers. His brothers were real mad that the police were just writing it off. And sure, they did the search party, but they were like, uh, he's gone? Well, where where else are we supposed to look? And Dwayne was all pissed off. I mean, yeah, I don't know, man. I, if I was in Dwayne's shoes, I, I think I'd be pissed off, too. Yeah, you want everybody to do everything they can. You're staying up all nights of the hour. You want everybody else to stay up all nights of the hour looking for your family member, whether that's going to be whether they're going to be alive when you find them or whether, you know, yeah. if you find a body. Yeah, I mean, you, you need the closure. You need to you need to know what happened. Yeah, after several days of this, now you're like, okay, well, I need to know what happened. I need something. So Dwayne's all pissed off. But they, uh, Grant, the brother-in-law, grabbed Dwayne from Snowflake, and they headed out to Heber. And they found 
uh, Travis just huddling in this uh, in a phone booth. You know what a phone booth yeah. is, right? You know, you're aware of those. I've used them. I don't know if I've ever seen. I've never used a phone booth. Like I've seen, you know, you got pay phones, but a phone booth. I don't know if I've ever been in one. Yeah, I've been in one. Got the phone book in there yeah. and everything. They're usually chained up. <laughs> yeah. The phone book's chained up. And if you're you're a Terminator, you just you just rip out one of the pages. Of course, it's fine. Nobody needs to know. You don't you don't need to know. Nobody else needs to know about those eighty people you just ripped out. It's fine. But anyway, uh, so Travis was. Well, they finally found Travis in this in the phone booth, and Grant was super happy to see him. Dwayne was super happy to see him, and they got him into the the warm truck. And Travis was just freaking out. They were off white skin, great big eyes. Oh, Travis, just. All right, calm down. Are you okay? Did did they harm you in any way? No, but those eyes are horrible eyes. They just kept looking at me. You're fine, right? You know, just so you're okay. It's all accounts. Dwayne said. Everyone's been worried sick. And then Travis like, yeah, if it's already after midnight, I must have been unconscious for a couple hours. Cause I only remember about an hour or an hour and a half inside that thing. And then Dwayne and Grant kind of looked at each other like, uh, Travis, dude. You've been gone for five days. Boom. And that that would shock anybody. What do you mean five days? He thought he was just unconscious for a few hours. Right. Because he goes from six, seven o'clock in the field, if he can remember that much, getting knocked out in the field, and then suddenly he's on this highway, he gets to the phone booth, and by... Maybe the operator told him, or like you said, maybe Dwayne told him, no, Grant told him later on that it was 12.05 in the morning. I've only been gone for a few hours. And what's, what's the problem? No, man. Five days. And he was like, what? <laughs> Meanwhile, all the, all, everybody else is under all sorts of scrutiny about what happened to Travis. Because Travis was gone. And, um, so... Everybody decided to do polygraph tests, lie detector tests. I guess it was a, it must have been a bigger deal in the 70s because I don't. They, I think they've decided that they're not super conclusive for a, a court case. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're not admissible in court now. Oh, it's it's definitely a thing now. They're not admissible. Forty years later, they finally decide that. But in the 70s, they were all about it. So they put everybody through polygraph tests and. The thing is, all these guys passed the polygraph test. According to the uh, tester then, at the time, except for Alan Dallas, who was already keyed up about everything. He's always fired up about stuff. Why am I here? What's, what's this for? Rah, 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 rah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's yeah. him. Constantly. <clears throat> I don't need to be here. It's not what I want to do right now. Right. What are you doing to me? But everybody was conclusive, except for Alan Dallas's, because he just quit in the middle, well, towards the end of it, but his was inconclusive. And that's what led them to believe that maybe Alan Dallas had something to do with Travis Walton's... Well, they took they took these polygraphs while Travis was missing, correct? Yeah, within five days. I don't think that would even remotely be a consideration in today's society, would it? Five days? You'd have to go weeks through all kinds of red tape and luring up on, on all parties. And finally, after three months, somebody would decide to give you a polygraph test. I don't really know. I mean, maybe because it was a, like a sort of smaller town. So Yeah, okay. I don't know. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I mean, as we see it in this perspective, there was, there was really, it seemed like there were two sides... And that was it. It was Travis and, well, Mike Rogers and all the workers, all his workers, plus Rogers, um, well, I guess his sister, really. Well, maybe not. I don't know if his sister was involved then. But anyway, Travis Walton's family, Travis Walton's sister, plus the brother-in-law, plus his own immediate family, Travis's, seemed like all of them were on one side, and then the police... And the authorities were on the other side saying, uh, you know, this this looks like foul play, boys and girls. Yeah. It just seemed like there was, like, what I've read, it just seems like there was a direct line between those people. But it seemed, 
I'm thinking maybe in today's world if something that like that happened in 2020, Mike Rogers would have a lawyer, Alan Dallas would have a lawyer, Dwayne Smith would have a lawyer, uh, Travis Walton's mom would have a lawyer, his brothers would each have their own lawyers, the cops would be one party, the cops' lawyers would be another party. It'd be a freaking mess. But at this at this time in 1975, it seemed like it was one side versus the other side, cut and dry. No, I mean, maybe that's just how small towns worked back then. L- little old snowflake. Yep. I mean, this is crazy. Because, like, like you said, they passed the polygraphs, except for old hot-headed Dallas. The only, I'm almost positive, the only, there might be two that Travis had failed after this incident. There, there two. Maybe two. I, one I know of is, was a, on a, actually on a game show called... Uh, what was it? Moment of truth. Yeah. Yeah. So they, I mean, they straight up asked him, "Were you know, were you abducted by aliens?" He said, "Yeah, obviously." Like, what's he gonna say? No. And then it was right. like that answer is not true, or you know, I don't know, is a lie, or you know, however they say it. Whatever they done on the game show. What year was that? I don't know the year of that, but my issue with that is. Who the hell knows that that's even legit? Exactly. That's not a... Come on. They... No. Somebody behind the scenes could have easily just pushed the uh, false button. And this is the false sound... uh, What am I trying to say? Like the the soundboard. Lie. True. Lie. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I mean. The soundboard. They just pushed the, the false soundboard button. This answer is false. I guarantee you, I've never looked it up, but I guarantee you I can go right now into the app store and I can find a lie detector test app. I guarantee it. I guarantee it's on here somewhere. It's all like those kind of things are bullshit. And I don't I don't believe that game show one bit. The the weird thing about this, though, is the fact that they were kind of having an issue with the the logging contract. Also. I believe I told you about what was it the the Enquirer, the National Enquirer. There, there, I mean, there was money on the line for proof of an alien story. Right, right. And this was in the wake of well, it was it was the times after. Oh, what was their names? Betty and Barney Hill. And I read or I had heard something that Travis, his brother. And maybe even his dad, they were really big into the alien thing. So... Right. So that's what led people and the authorities to believe they're just making all this up. It's one big ol' hoax. So where was he? Well, listen to this. The Betty and Barney Hill incident happened in 1961. And the movie for that incident aired on... U.S. television on October twentieth, nineteen seventy-five. One, no, two weeks, two weeks before the Travis Walton thing. It aired on television. So, sticking with all the things that make it seem a little shady. Well, actually, I guess going against it. So the damn it, what is that guy's name who is trying to debunk him like crazy? Um. Philip Class is it Philip Class? I think. Oh, I, yeah. yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah. So, okay, he allegedly went and offered these guys. I don't know if it was all the guys or a few of them or what. Offered them ten grand to just be like, just say it was, say it didn't happen, and nobody took the money. That's what leads me to believe that these guys really experienced something out. They in They believe woods. what they're saying actually happened. Right. They did not accept this money, and from 1975 till today, those guys have maintained their story. Every single one of those guys that were out there. Seven different guys. Let's say if they did it to get out of their contract, or to postpone it, or extend it, or whatever. At this point, that's long gone. Oh yeah. They... They could get 10k from this Philip Class guy right now. 
I could be pulling this from the movie too, but was Mike Rogers in some financial trouble? I don't know if he was in financial trouble at the time. The The movie portrayed some stuff. I think they just Hollywooded it up for, for the movie. I don't know. I didn't dig into any other guys. It was mostly just Travis's stuff. I mean, that's then, enough. You know, all the stuff he, he, yeah, he, all the stuff he went through. So, what do you think? Did Travis Walton, oh, 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 before, before we have our, our final thoughts, they did another study on Travis Walton. I don't know if it was right then or if it was, uh, what are they, a, is it ARPO or APRO? I don't, I don't know. What's that? I can't remember what that is, but somebody did a test on on Travis Walton himself, um, and they discovered that the ketones. Oh yeah, is that uh, the ketos or the ketones in Travis's? The the ketones, yeah. Uh, you can test that through urine. I don't know how they tested it, but you you can do it through urine. And that the result of that was he hadn't eaten in five days. Was it high ketones? I think it's high ketones. Whatever it was, but it, it, it correlated with his story that he had not physically eaten anything in five days. He was severely dehydrated as well. Right. So from that place in the forest, about that area, it's three to five miles to Heber, Arizona. It's three to five miles to town. That would not take... Five days to walk to, and but if it was a hoax, if they set it up, I could see that happening. You know, you're out in the woods, you're just trying to lay low. Of course, I don't know how there. There's no way he would have been able to lay low in the woods. No, because they had a massive search party. And shit, I don't like. I don't remember how much is from the movie and how much is from research, but it was like a huge search party. Like, I'm pretty sure they had they had a. At least one or two helicopters. This man was not hiding in the woods. There was no way he was hiding in those woods at all. They would have noticed him. This was November. I mean, it was Arizona, but it was probably still freaking cold at night. So dude dude had to have a fire. Dude had to eat something somewhere. He's not just getting chicken nuggets out of the stream. And I mean, I don't know. It, if, his, if his test came back as... You know, as positive for some kind of food, as positive for some kind of nutrition, okay, that would be more, that would definitely lead into skepticism, and we wouldn't even be talking about this today. But but his test came back as not eating for a period of time, for multiple days. If I'm doing it as a hoax, or whatever, I'm going to... Shit, I want to be eating leaves. I want to eat grass. Whatever. I'm. I'm gonna to have to put something in my belly at, for five days. Yeah, some something. He had nothing, right? It was. It was either nothing or it was very, very little. I don't. I don't remember which. But I, man, I don't know. I. I don't. I don't really know how to call this. Uh, my my thing is is I'm gonna say that something happened in those woods that night. To cause those guys to freak out. I don't know where Travis went. Those guys maintain their story. Yeah, they... I mean, their story was just a small snippet of the actual story, too. You know what I mean? Like, they saw the craft. Boom, they saw him get zapped. The majority of the story is what happened to this guy. Right. And And as a timeline, it's not a whole lot. What he experienced, wherever he experienced, according to the story, does not cover five right. days. It, it it only covers a few hours. If maybe he woke up in a panic because they didn't know how to keep him sedated for multiple days, and then they finally got him back to sedation, and then they kept him a few more days, and then finally put him on the highway and said, listen here, buddy, wake up, wake up, you're on the highway. Listen to this. What if, I'm going to go back to time travel, what if because they did go out in space, time went quicker here on Earth? Maybe he wasn't gone five days his time. Maybe it was five days our time here on Earth. Oh, but how does that explain the beard? (laughs) 
I, I was working my way there. How does that explain the beard? How does that explain five days of, well, how does that ex- explain multiple days of malnutrition? So what the fuck? I mean, we got, we know what happened. I mean, was he unconscious that long? And then we just know, we, we just know the end of his story. Maybe he was unconscious for days. Well, his thoughts are that maybe he got, he was just in the wake of them taking off. Exactly. And he, he was just this thing that happened and they're like, oh man, we can't just, we can't just leave this broken creature out here. We got to go fix him. So they take him up and they patch him back together because somehow they're, I don't, whatever their engines did to him, somehow it damaged him quite a lot. Whatever it did, busted him up, but they, they patched him back up and he was fine after five days. You know, whatever their amazing healing abilities are, here, take this pill, grow a new liver or whatever it was. That's cool as shit, man. Didn't you ever see the Star Trek movies? Yeah, I mean, wait. Yeah, yeah, I saw the first one, I think. I think it was Star Trek, the new generation. It was a full-length movie. It was the it was it was one of my favorite ones because it brought the old school William Shatner crew and Scotty and all them together with uh Patrick Stewart and Captain Picard and his crew. It brought it brought them together in one movie and they it was like a weird time travel thing and William Shatner his doctor on their enterprise they were in our modern times at the time, like the 90s or whatever, late 90s, early 2000s. And this this hospital was full. So I think, was his name Bones? I don't know. Anyway, the medical doctor, this woman was suffering in the hallway of some hospital somewhere because there were so many patients in so many places and they couldn't put her in a room. And she's like, oh, the doctor told me my kidneys are failing or pancreas or whatever. And he's like, here, take this pill. It'll just it'll just grow you a new organ. He's just like he's he's done with all these people around him. Take this pill. It'll 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 grow you a new a new kidney. Full of stem cells. Just a pill of stem cells. And later on, she's like, "Oh my god, it was a miracle. I have a whole new kidney, and I have nothing wrong with me. It's a miracle." And he's just like, "No, it's not. It's it's from it's from the 25th century or whatever." <laughs> you know what's kind of scary to think about? What if we are the most intelligent life. What if there is other life, but we are the most intelligent? Isn't that kind of disheartening? Yes. Because now we're like, now all, literally all we see out there is light. I mean, yeah, like, there could be like, some monkeys on another planet or whatever. But like, what if we are the most intelligent? So, like, because I like to think about this, like, basically for that same thing. Like, there could be like, another super super advanced race comes here and just they're like yo dude what do you cancer what do you mean like here we can fix that just yeah yeah no big deal but like what if we are the most intelligent that's horrifying yes because we it's bill nye has said it before who are we and where do we come from are we alone and where do we come from i'm going on record now we're not alone mathematically speaking it's I don't think it's even possible. The vast size of the universe, all the quote-unquote habitable planets, I mean, and that's just life as we know it. There could be other life that doesn't have to be in the Goldilocks zone, that doesn't have to... Yeah, I mean, so this might not be something to bring up in this episode, but I'm going to do it anyway because I just heard it the other day, and it's super fascinating. Why... Aren't we better adapted to this planet? As humans, we have to wear clothes, or we freeze to death, or we get sunburned. Why aren't we better adapted if we evolved here? Huh. Or were we put here by an alien race? Did we come here from Mars? It's a good one. Somehow we only feel comfortable if we're in the, I know I do, the the mid-range temperature. Yeah. Like 60 to 80 degrees Fahrenheit is that feels comfortable, but we are we we wear clothes because we're we're shy and we're 
We're modest. Well, for warmth and protection. We want we don't want our dangly bits getting snagged on any twigs. No other species does that. Because they're adapted for their environment. Why aren't we? Why aren't we? Even the uh, the white marshmallowy figures in Travis's story are wearing orange jumpsuits. Well, that's a good point. So what level if we're going with that theory, at what level are they are they modest about their reproductive organs? Are they wearing that for protection? Or are they wearing that for comfort? Well, uh, I guess it would fall under protection of the environment. Protection from the environment. Yeah, too much heat or too much cool, too much cold. Yeah, they, you know, you know, your dangly bits are a little sensitive. Yeah. You got to put them behind some orange jumpsuits. I don't know, man. It's weird. You're right, though. Why aren't we more evolved for this environment. Yeah. I, uh, I know we got way off topic there. Yeah. You know it. And we're not we're not even done. No. Not done. Nope. We posed a question. Oh yeah. But we you didn't answer it yet, and I guess I didn't necessarily answer oh, it. Oh that's true. Well did Walt did Walton experience it? Did that happen to him? Did he hang out with these orange jumpsuit sons of bitches? Did he see these humans on this non-earthly type spaceship? Did he sit in that chair and try to fly the freaking Flight of the Navigator type shit? Flight of the Navigator didn't happen for at least a decade after that, right? Is that when that happened? I don't know. Anyway, Pee Wee Herman was the voice of the Flight of the Navigator, blah, blah, blah. Move on. (laughs) Yes, it happened. It happened. Something definitely happened because these guys have not said no to this story in forty years. I think some of I, I think some of the stuff is a little strange. The logging contract, uh, they're behind schedule, and then boom, this happens. The Betty and Barney Hill thing. Uh, the movie aired two weeks before this happened. A little strange. There's too much stuff to point towards. For me, that it actually happened. There's too much. I, I, I can't deny that something happened to him. And all the guys agree that something happened that night. And they didn't they didn't get rich. They didn't get famous off of this. I, I mean, I guess Travis Travis made out okay. These other guys didn't do shit. And they were offered they were offered ten grand to just be like, Hey, say it's fake. Say it was a hoax. And they're not right. doing it. And no, no. See, that's there's enough of those hangups that I I believe something definitely happened. Yeah. That night to this guy. But we pose that question to our fellow podcast in the old Pod Nation. We sure did. And we got we got some responses back. They're mm-hmm. they're pretty interesting. So from the ladies at good. Good luck sleeping. If you want to find these ladies, they are GL sleeping at. Uh, they are on Twitter at GL sleeping, and you go to Podchaser, find them. Good luck sleeping, and t- I've been thinking about this since they answered this question, and since I've been listening to their shows, I've listened to quite a few of these. Look, Matt, if you if you like our show, if, and if you want a female perspective on the same types of stuff that we talk about, listen to these ladies. Good luck sleeping. Because it's just a it's a couple of ladies, and they talk about almost the exact same things we talk about, and they don't care how crazy it might seem to other people. Like, they talked about Mandela Effect. They talked about Shadow People. They talked about the Black Eyed Kids. <laughs> it's It's a little uncanny how much they've talked about similar to what we talk about. Hey, it's all it's all popular stuff, man. It's all stuff that needs to be answered. Yeah. But we're not getting answers. There are, we can't find answers. No. And there's people who are ignorant to it who don't <laughs> care. They don't they don't listen, They're, you know what I mean? That's why we bring it out there to them. Yeah. Exactly. And there's a lot of people that that don't even know about some of the stuff we talk about. Like I said at the beginning of this one, one of the guys I work with, he wasn't even aware of who this Travis Walton guy was. So maybe we'll bring a different light to 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 him. But anyway, 
the ladies at Good Luck Sleeping, I said, you know, what? how do you feel about the Travis Walton incident? And this is what they had to say. Okay, Travis Walton. I read up on him, and I think he faked it. My re- reasons being that aliens had just become a thing around that time, so it was popular and much more accepted to say you were abducted. They probably knew they could get money for it, and the multiple failed polygraphs just confirms to me he wasn't telling the truth. It also makes no sense why humans would be with the aliens and working with them. Never heard that before regarding any alien abduction. Well, that that part, you and I both said we don't think it was a human. That I, I assume... It, it could have it been the police. Yeah, I, I assume what she or they are talking about is the the human type figure he saw but never spoke to him the guy never spoke back if he was another human don't you think he's gonna say something like all right calm down no no this is fine this is normal but he was another human and he just ignored him the guy with the helmet on mm-hmm. totally ignored him and then when they got into the other room the others the it was two women right in hmm. the other room no it was it was uh a a guy and a girl, I think, or was it two guys and a girl? No, it wasn't two women. It was a it was at least a guy and a girl, because there's a, a artist rendition and it shows uh, like a muscled guy standing next to a female. One man, one man and a woman. Yeah, okay, but they totally ignored him, like they didn't have any idea what he was talking about. Like he was just some animal. They couldn't. They couldn't comprehend or couldn't uh, communicate with. Right. Uh, you want to, should I move on to the next one? Uh, Yeah. So that was Good Luck Sleeping. So if you want to find them, uh, GL Sleeping on Twitter, Good Luck Sleeping on everything else, Spotify, Facebook, all that. They're pretty good, man. They interact with us a lot. We appreciate them. So definitely check them out. Oh, yeah. Uh, the the next one is from uh, Ran. What is it? I'm sorry. Yeah, Ransack History Podcast, and uh, on Twitter they are at Ransack History. R A N S A C K, and it's uh, it's Vicky from Ransack History, and I uh, I like this show too. It's good. <laughs> I it's a good show. I have not checked this show out yet, but I'm I'm definitely going to. I I just my podcast list is so long. Like, I'm, just, you know, I'm just I'm trying to get to these newer shows. Or, well, I'm not saying this is a newer show, but new to me. But uh, so Vicky says, "Hey guys, Vicky from Ransack History here." In response to your question about Travis Walton, from a historical perspective, there are depictions of extraterrestrial interaction with humans from over ten thousand years ago. It's been theorized that abductions have taken place throughout history and ancient cultures saw it as an honor to be chosen and those who returned were treated with reverence. With that said, I believe it is completely possible that someone could be abducted for an extended period of time and returned quote-unquote safely in one piece. Now as for the full account given by Travis Walton, I'm skeptical. But if true, it's truly harrowing. Hope this is the type of response you're looking for. Please let me know if you need anything else. Happy podcasting. You see, that's, it's been. It's another skeptic. Yeah, years and years, well, millennia of depictions of extraterrestrial interaction. I mean, it's in stone carvings. It's in, uh, you know, all the ancient art we find. Right. What is it? What would it be? What else could it be? Are, are. Well, like you said, if we are the intelligent race in the universe, if we are the most intelligent race in the universe, did we figure out time travel and did we go back and continuously mess with our past? We'll go back here and we test these ones. We'll take a core sample of these beings. I think it was yesterday I thought of this. The uh, multiple dimensions, uh, uh, the... What is it? The multiverse theory. What if... So there's a universe for everything. Every outcome. What if one of those universes, the species developed a way to traverse universes? But we haven't. 
that's not in our universe. We can't do it. But that universe, they can, and they show up here. Oh, so they just they just pop in and be like, "Whoa, this is look at this primitive, look at these primitive yeah. apes." So, in our universe, in our universe, it can't be done. In another universe, it can be done, and it has been done, and it has been going on for thousands of years. Pop in, check stuff out. They pop out. We're just we're just part of the museum. Yeah, they're like, ha, these guys can't do it, but we can. Ha, check them out. <laughs> we're just a flea circus. What if they are us from another, uh, you know, another universe? They just they they evolved. They they, de- they developed more. Yeah, they developed yeah. in a different way. They developed not using fossil fuels. They developed using some other sort of energy to just beep up along different universes. Yeah. And we're just dumbasses have we have these combustion engines on on our planet and that's as far yeah. as we've gotten. I don't know, man. Real nice. See that's maybe that's where this humans interacted with extraterrestrials for the last ten thousand years. It's already happened. We've already been interacting with them and they they're just coming in and checking us out and then now they've come to a point, okay well well Listen, the ant farm's gotten to a point where you don't want to mess with it. You don't want to let them know that you know they're there. Prime directive, right? Like, they can't interact with, um, yeah. A lesser, a lesser culture or whatever. If they, if they're multidimensional or, you know, they can traverse the universe, ladies and gentlemen, we are below them. (laughs) So if we're seeing them pop in and out of the sky, it just whenever, willingly, then the Navy just went through that. The Air Force just went through that or whatever they were with this the weird pill-shaped thing. Yeah. It just zipped in and out. Yeah. yeah the Tic Tac thing. It just popped in and out wherever, wherever it wanted to. If that can do it, we're just, we're a, zoo. We're just a toy. That's yes. all we are. We're just prairie dogs poking in and out of the holes. <laughs> we... We better get to this movie, man. People are not... They probably already turned this off. They're like six hours. <laughs> Seriously, what, I mean, what is this thing going to be? Like three right. hours long? My God. We're, we're working on it. All right. Uh, the other person who answered the question is... I'm going to guess it's Linda from Cage's Kiss, but it, it could be Donnie oh or it could be Adrian. I didn't I'm even see this one. Sure. Uh, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it's Linda from Cage's Kiss. Uh, well, whoever it was, Cage's Kiss. I personally believe him. His story hasn't changed in all these years, although his theory has. He now believes that they didn't mean him any harm, but he he got out of the car and into the light. So he thinks it's like hitting an animal on the road, patching it up, and bringing it back. The movie scarred me for life, but he said they took a lot of liberties and it's not accurate. (laughs) That's... (laughs) That's an understatement. Right? Oh, we're gonna get into that in just a minute. Uh, later on, whoever was whoever this was in Cage's Kiss, I'm pretty sure it was Linda. They met Travis Walton himself in McMinnville, Oregon. How, how's that? He so this UFO fest, which if we ever get some money to travel, bring on the weird world tour, is going to McMinnville, Oregon for the UFO fest for damn yeah, sure. Yeah, oh yeah. And if we meet Travis Walton. Woohoo, boy! I'm ready for yeah. Alien Con, dude. We gotta go to Alien Con. At the, at the very least, we're gonna go to the Mothman Fest in West Virginia. Hell yeah, that's September. not very far from me. No, no, no. It's right across the way. So we re- we really shouldn't take another break. I don't think we're going to. We're just we're gonna power yeah, through. Yeah. We're gonna talk about the. We're gonna talk about this. Yeah, we, not gonna take long. Just N- no, because. That's what I got. That's what I got to say about that. I would have went with a double. <laughs> so <laughs> it really didn't. It didn't. Nah, tell I mean, the, the movie. In case you guys don't know, it's called Fire in the Sky. I mean, that wasn't. That was the title of his book. Yeah, too, I believe right? it was. And then Hollywood is like, mm, "Girl, we're going to glam this yeah. the fuck up." It was uh, <clears throat> what directed by Robert Lieberman, right? Produced. Yeah. You know what he directed that? before that. Uh, all I want for Christmas. I don't know what that is. That I I never saw it myself, but uh, 
one of the cast members was Leslie Nielsen, and he was Santa Claus. Leslie okay. Nielsen as Santa Claus. I'm out. In the I'm out. Early nineties. <laughs> I mean, why don't we do one with Gary Busey as Santa Claus next? Like, what the heck? Did you see the one with uh? I can't remember his name. Kurt Russell. Oh, that was uh, yeah, uh, Christmas Chronicles, right? Yeah, it was on Netflix. They did a second part. Or they're going to, anyway. I like when he was rocking out in a jail cell, dude. <laughs> Kurt Russell can break it down. <laughs> he was a uh, he was ego in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Did you watch that one? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Guardians of the Galaxy? Did you? Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, I'm sure two. I did. I've seen all those movies. That was the it was the latest Marvel movie. One yeah, of the yeah, latest yeah. Marvel movies. It was hilarious. He was the whole. He was the planet trying to. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Robert Lieberman, after Fire in the Sky, he directed D3, The Mighty Ducks. Did you ever watch that one? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I have. Come on. That was a good one. I mean, when you're a kid, it's a cool movie. Um. So anyway, <clears throat> Fire in the Sky is oh, a movie. The book was called The Walton Experience. Is that all it was called? All right. So you want to talk about... The main actors, or you want to just skip that? Yeah, uh, yeah, we should. DB Sweeney was Travis Walton. I didn't really know who DB Sweeney was until I think he did a Fox show after the X Files. Fox was like, "Oh shit, the X Files is ending. What are we gonna do?" I think that was the time they did the show. Damn it! What the hell was it? It w- it was a show in. Along the lines of the X Files, but I feel like DB Swinney's done that kind of stuff for uh, Strange Luck. That that's what it was. So it was ninety five to ninety six. I liked that show when it was on, and then it just ended after a year. Yeah, I don't know anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty yeah. That was the one I, I really liked, and then uh, later on he did. He was in the show Jericho, where the world. Pretty much, it was the apocalypse of the world, but, you know, non-zombie apocalypse. Something crazy happened, destroyed the world governments. It was a good show. It was, a, it was like a an event series. And Mr. Robert Patrick was Mike Rogers. Do you know what he did right before Fire in the Sky? No. He was T-1000 in Terminator 2. Really? Yeah, that was him. You know what? I just thought about this. Damn it. I wanted to say this before. Got distracted. Linda from Cage's Kiss, the Cage's Kiss podcast. Uh, uh, sorry. So if you just look up Cage's Kiss on on everything, they do a podcast about Nicolas Cage movies, and they're trying to do it in his timeline. Nicolas Cage podcast that discusses the insanity and wisdom of the national treasure one masterpiece at a time. National treasure being Nicolas Cage himself. We also go on fun, non-Cage movie history tangents. We research Nick Cage so you don't have to. I just <laughs> wanted to get that out there. I think it, it's it's great. I It's so weird. You, Nick Cage just inserts himself into all these things, and somehow it works. Anyway, Robert Patrick, before he was Mike Roger in Fire in the Sky, he was T-1000. And I find that freaking hilarious. He goes from T-1000 to this dude in Fire in the Sky. And then uh, Craig Schaefer Schaefer plays Alan Dallas. Peter Berg plays David Whitlock. Henry Thomas is Greg Hayes. Bradley Gregg is Bobby Cogdale. Noble Willingham was Blake Davis, the the cop that they went to. Um, Who are the other guys? I don't know. I was just thinking, like, the main... Right. Um, well, that's what I mean. So who who are the guys in the crew? Dwayne Smith? Was that one of them? Uh, was Dwayne Smith one? John Goulet. I don't think he... I don't think he was oh, actually that, in the movie. Yeah, maybe that's the one they cut out. So, uh, I assume they, they cut the seventh guy out because six fit better in a truck, right? <laughs> why, cut, why cut the seventh out? Yeah, that I'm not sure about. If you want to go from seven to four, fine. I could kind of understand that. Four people look better in a truck, and but why cut the seventh out? I don't know. Maybe he had nothing to do with anything. 
Well, maybe not, I guess. I mean... Uh, Ken Peterson. Was he... I don't think he was portrayed either, was he? Well, who did they end up cutting out? I don't know, but they they really they really focused on Travis Walden, Mike Rogers, Alan Dallas, and David Whitlock. Greg Hayes? I mean, I don't know. They really didn't focus on too many of the other guys. They they were they were there in the background, but this movie really did not live up to I'm not a fan of the movie. M- me either. Uh, look, they completely got the the part wrong about when he woke up on the ship. Oh my god. Oh. What the fuck was that? Like what was that? It was it you know, we leading up to that, everything was fine. Okay, fine. He maybe maybe he had some issues starting the truck and he picked up all the boys on the way to the to the forest. They got out there, started cutting down trees, and Alan Dallas yeah. pulled his shit. Yeah, that I mean that all seems to match up. Yeah, they just kind of glossed over all that stuff. And then they get to at, at at the end of the day, they're leaving and then what they showed in the movie was Travis Walden already asleep in the passenger seat on, you know, that side of the truck. Mm-hmm. He was napping at the end of the day. They're keyed up, they're already their adrenaline's pumping. I I guess you're I guess you could nap, but you're just going over all these water bars, all these giant speed bumps. You're not going to nap. I think that was why would they show him napping? That was, that was the first thing I'm like, yeah. well, that's bullshit. <laughs> but then they started seeing this fire in the sky, and sh- sure enough, Travis Walton's already out of the truck, going over to check this thing out, and then it lifted him up, didn't it? Or did it freeze him in well, place? Well, it, it... It froze him in place. It looked like it, it pushed him. froze him in place and kind of like lifted him up and threw him. But he didn't land on anything like concussive or anything. He just... Landed in grass. There could have been a rock there. I don't know, but and then he was gone. And then, and then we see the guys go to their favorite bar in Snowflake. So all of a su- all of a sudden, those guys are just there and they're just in shock. Oh man, Mike, you you look kind of sick, man. What's the matter, Mike? <laughs> well, well, kitchen's already closed, Mike. Fucking Travis is gone. What? <laughs> then, uh oh, here he comes. Here comes old James Garner, Frank Waters himself, comes strolling in. Was this the morning after? No, it was still the night. It was still the night when, in the movie, Blake Davis calls Frank Waters, the the big detective guy. Calls him in, and he's, he's his tough guy. He doesn't want anything to do with Alan Dallas. Alan Dallas did it. He's the one that murdered Travis Walden, left his body out in that field. And that's it. That's all he wants to hear. It's all, it's all he needs to know. And then, I mean, then they they bring in, what was the guy? Who was the guy? Some random dude comes up to Mike Rogers days later when everybody is on Mike Rogers' case about Travis being missing. It was funny. I saw it, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's the dude from the uh, ARPO or APRO. And then, and then his credentials say AFAR. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Did you see that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I forget what I that was what he said his name was. I can't remember, but it was just it, I thought it was so stupid. The movie? Oh no, the oh. the guy, was it uh Raymond? No. Anyway, whoever it was, I the whole that whole idea was kind of dumb. The guy from afar and then Mike Rogers having difficulties with with his wife. That was never brought up in anything that Travis had to say. No, it wasn't. I, they just had to Hollywood it up, like you said. Yeah, but then wasn't well, when Travis got back, they showed him coming back before they actually showed what happened to him, and they they he called he called her uh, Mike Rogers' wife. Yeah, Katie, Katie Rogers called in the middle of the night, and she's like, "Ah, oh, it's just." These crazy callers are calling all hours tonight. And, and then Mike answers the phone and f- realizes it's Travis. So Mike is the one that gets the call. So he calls Katie for some reason, or he calls Mike. I guess he's mm-hmm. calling for Mike from this payphone in Heber. And then they find him, and he's just huddled. The gas station's closed. He's just huddled under near the You're door like of the gas to, station. <laughs> next to, like, an ice closed. chest or something. Yeah, yeah. He's completely naked. 
Like, right. just, yeah, he, he's a mess. <laughs> that That's hilarious. And then what happened after that? Well, they got him back, and they were excited that he was back. They threw him a party. Yeah, then he was not ready for the party. No, he wasn't. He, like, he kept having these, like, weird flashbacks, too. Like, where he wasn't fully remembering, but he was partially remembering what was happening. And then, like, I guess they were at the party, and he's like, oh, F this. And he, like, went in the kitchen and, like, hid under the table. Like, lost his, lost his mind. Right. And they, like, like, syrup had spilled on the table. And it, like, it kept dramatically showing the syrup running towards the edge of the table. And then it dripped. <laughs> it went into his mouth, and he said, oh, shit! I remember now. Because he remembered that taste in his mouth. Some goo. And somehow it goes back to him being in this weird cocoon yeah, thing. This is, goo? Look, this is where this movie goes off the fucking rails, people. This is nothing at all like what he described. He wakes up. It, it like It's like a cocoon, yeah. It, he's c- covered in this slime shit. There's like this weird elastic membrane over the, the hole, the opening. He like... He like ri- yeah, whatever. Yeah, he like, like a hive. Shoves his hand through, rips this thing open. Completely yeah, he gets twins. out, and next thing you know, he's weightless. Okay, fine. You know, we are in space, and anti gravity, all that. It doesn't make any sense because it's not at all what he said it was. <laughs> no, this is where it completely yeah, lost me. I mean, he basically described a clean room, like. Like an operating room, but the movie makes it look like it was, I I don't even, I, I don't know. Okay, okay. So, I mean, the aliens sort of look like what he described. <laughs> Only barely, but they have these, like, suits on, these masks. Yeah, yeah, because he, he did get into an area where he was like, he like saw him and he was like, spacesuits. But then, like, one of these spacesuits starts moving behind him. Like tries to get him, and he's like, <laughs> and he starts like climbing through this hole. He's, yeah, he climbs up this thing, and then they get him. And then, yeah, they get him, and then all of a sudden, that's when we cut back to Mike. It actually yeah. grabs him by his ankle. We cut we cut back to Mike in the living room with Katie, and the phone rings, and that's when he he made the phone call. The- and then he's at the party. No, we see that. Is that when they come back to Mike? Uh, or was that before? No, no, no. Th- this is when they cut back. Yeah, that was before. Hit- that was before. They get him, and then all of a sudden we flash forward two and a half years. Not quite, because he wakes up in a the the hypnotherapist's office because he got the oh, yeah, that's right. regression, I guess, or whatever it was, and that's when. What the hell is that? that officer's name the investigator waters right frank waters or blake davis frank waters no frank waters no no because waters walks out with the uh the sheriff or whatever and he was like he says like um yeah pretty convincing or whatever and he's like yeah but he'll slip up and he said call me when he does and i'll be right back here and the guy was like he was like (laughs) all the way from minnesota or Michigan, or where Montana? And he said, "I'll come from wherever yeah. the hell I am." <laughs> and then he he drives off. Waters is gone. Oh, and then yeah, then then it goes like two and a half years later. And suddenly they have a two year old, and there's and Dana Rogers is three months pregnant with another one. And then finally, Travis Walton goes to find yeah. Mike somewhere in some. Yeah, cabin I guess that guy lost his shit after this and he was like screw this nobody believes me like, he just lost oh oh that's because that's because it was they didn't talk because when he went to visit Travis in the hospital you remember he, he told him he was like yeah we went back for you and he was like he like looked over at him he's like you left me and then he was like and then he and then he yeah. like Mike gets mad at Travis he's like you son of a bitch you shouldn't have got out of the truck like alright yeah but this dude just got back from a a freaking journey cut him some slack right and yeah. now he's all pissed off at him come on uh, that's the movie lost me in some scenes 
I I mean that, that that's basically it, right? May have been fine for yeah, it may have been fine for some generations of people, but it might be fine for people who don't know the Travis Walton story. But if you know the Travis Walton story, you hated the movie. You did not enjoy it. Probably. It was not right. No. All right. I believe we Oof. should probably end it now. Yeah, I think so. Was it, this is a big one. Yeah. Uh, you know where to find us. Bring on the weird on all the things. Add bring on the weird on Twitter, Facebook.com slash bring on the weird. If you want to tell us about, what? You got an alien abduction story? Bring on the weird at gmail.com. How do you feel about Travis Walton? Yeah, let us know, know. for sure. And with that, stay weird, world. Yep, and we'll see you next time.